This is Valid Points, a podcast series focusing on real innovation in the emerging value-based health benefits space. Valid Points is brought to you by Validation Institute, a trusted independent resource for healthcare purchasers, vendors, and benefits advisors. Validation Institute is a networked membership organization focused on delivering better health value and stronger outcomes than conventional health care. I'm Greg Masters, Managing Director of Health Innovation Media and the show's producer. Hosting today is Brian Klepper, Ph.D., Principal at Worksite Health Advisors and the Executive Vice President at Validation Institute. On this episode of Valid Points, our guest is Nelson L. Griswold, president of Bottom Line Solutions, a Nashville-based next-gen benefits consulting and advisory firm. Follow Nelson's work on the web via www.insurancebottomline.com and on Twitter via at Nelson Griswold, G-R-I-S-W-O-L-D. And with that introduction, Brian, over to you. Thanks much, Greg. And today we have Nelson Griswold, president of Bottom Line Solutions. He's going to weigh in on population health, value-based care, and buying smart. I've known, I've known Nelson for some time. We're, we're sort of old hands at this, and it's a pleasure to, to be able to have some time and talk with him. Nelson, tell us about what's going on. Well, first, Brian, great to be on with you on, on Valid Points. The Validation Institute is doing such great work, and uh, it's, it's good, to be a, uh, good to be a part of, of the great work that y'all are doing. I am fulfilling an interesting or playing an interesting role. So much of what is being discussed around healthcare reform on the market side, where, where we're not looking to the government, but we're actually looking for real fixes in the real world, is happening on the, on the healthcare and the clinical side, which of course is, is very important and very valuable. But there, there's another stakeholder in this, uh, another player in this entire uh, process that has an important role to play in what we are doing to improve the quality of healthcare and bring the cost of healthcare under control. And that player, that stakeholder, is the employee benefit advisor. These are the consultants that work with employers to purchase and manage their health care. And until recently, they have been a very passive group, largely functionaries for all intents and purposes of the insurance companies. Uh, they didn't bring, frankly, a whole lot of value. They did a good job for their client as far as they could, but by working with the insurance companies, they were rather hamstrung in terms of doing anything interesting, unique, or effective in terms of improving the quality of healthcare and lowering the cost. There is now a cohort of employee benefit advisors uh, out there, and I have the pleasure of being a consultant and advisor to them who are working diligently, hand-in-hand, uh, hand, in, in fact, sometimes with the Validation Institute, to bring healthcare costs under control and to, to ramp up the quality of healthcare with structures such as direct primary care, value-based medicine, and on and on. So it's an exciting time because what we're seeing is a real revolution in how employers are beginning to purchase and manage the health care that their employees are using and the results in terms of outcomes for the employees and cost for the employers, really, really encouraging. I think we're both sitting in the center of that cyclone. You know, I'm in the middle of a value-based community that's made up of benefits advisors, employee benefits managers, and innovative vendors. And we can see 
real clearly the tide is actually turning in a way that I don't think that we've all talked about for our whole careers, but now we're actually seeing it in increments. Do you agree with that? I think that's exactly right. I spent the day yesterday in a uh, strategic meeting with one of the top advisors on this side of the uh, of the divide, uh, someone you know well, David Contorno. And we were talking about exactly this. I think the opportunity we all have is to harness the frustration and the anger and the sense of helplessness that a lot of Americans feel about the cost and quality of health care. Between the articles in NPR uh, from ProPublica and uh, the recent uh, newspaper articles in the Washington or in the Washington Post, uh, not to mention some of the great books that have been written, the book that uh, my clients wrote, Breaking Through the Status Quo, Dave Chase's book, uh, The CEO's Guide to Saving the American Dream, Marty Macri's new book that's out. These are all generating a lot of interest and concern, but a lot of angst uh, because Americans don't quite know what to do. And we've got the solution. We see them. We talk about them every day. And so I think a big part of the challenge is education, it's communication, it's vehicles like this. It's your voice and you bringing on the voices of others who are making a difference. And this is how we spread the word and we spread the hope because I think that's what we're talking about here. We're seeing health care costs go down for employers and employees by 20 to 40, even 60% in one year and the quality of care go up. If that's not hope-inducing. I don't know what it is, Brian. Well, you know, I think that you're exactly right. I know that you, like me, are very focused on identifying very high-performing healthcare organizations and high-value niches, organizations that are consistently delivering better health outcomes and much lower costs than conventional approaches, and, and getting your advisors to go with them on behalf of their clients that changes the entire game. I, I think you're, you're pretty focused on that, and I know that David Contorno is focused on that. Talk about that for, for a couple of minutes. From a big picture perspective, and I tend to fly at 30,000, 40,000 feet like you generally do too, to, to, in, in order to take in that big picture, uh, there are a number of, let's, let's call them levers, that different people are working on different levers. So one of the levers is the delivery structure of healthcare. And a good example of reform in that area would be direct primary care, where a lot of primary care doctors, internists, uh, have said they're fed up with the fee-for-service model. They're going to change their business model uh, to one that supports an extended amount of time with, him, with their patients, the, uh, eliminating the whole rush required to get enough payments in from the insurance company, and to be able to actually work on health care and not sit care with their patients. That's a tremendous reform, and we're seeing it slowly take root and catch on. And then you've got clinical reforms uh, around improving the outcomes by improving the, the procedures, the healthcare procedures and, and the methodologies. This is an area you're really strong in. Frankly, I am not, which is why I'm not going into any more detail. And then you've got the, <laughs> just in full, full transparency, I'll, I'll give you your due, <laughs> But the other area, and this is the one where my clients tend to focus the most, I think because it is the lowest hanging fruit, and this is uh, the supply chain uh, part of it and, uh, and the, the payment 
uh, aspect of healthcare. I mean, the reason healthcare costs are out of control is, and John Torinas, a CEO who wrote uh, the book, uh, The Company That, that Solved Healthcare, well, John didn't really solve healthcare, but he did identify some important facts about the American healthcare system. And he says the reason healthcare costs are out of control is because CEOs and CFOs are no longer paying attention to it. And by ignoring it, there are no market forces being applied to healthcare costs. As a result, those costs tend to rise dramatically. So every year since 1960, healthcare costs in the United States have gone up. The cost of insurance, which is largely driven, not entirely, but largely driven by healthcare costs because that's what insurance pays for. With, with the rise in healthcare uh, costs, premiums have gone up since 1999 three times. They have tripled since 1999. This, this is far outstripping any other sector in our economy, and it's because nobody's paying attention. So our advisors, the advisors that I work with, are finding that if they can get the payer, and this payer is always, of course, the employer, the insurance company isn't putting their own money up, they're spending somebody else's money, they're not the payer. Uh, the payer is the employer. When the employer will leverage their checkbook and the power of their checkbook to, to start to mitigate costs, and they're, they're procedures like reference-based pricing, where the employer simply says, uh, what you're charging, Mr. Hospital Executive, is out of, it's not reasonable. We're not going to pay that. We'll pay you a reasonable profit on top of a reference price, usually being Medicare. Whether it's reference-based pricing or whether it is steering employees to high-value, what we call high-value providers, that's a high-quality, low-cost provider, we're able to control the cost while improving the quality in most cases. Reference-based pricing doesn't address quality at all because it's after the fact in most cases. But steering employees, these high-value providers, increases the quality, lowers the cost. And so you've got this going on, and, and this is the most immediate impact we see on the cost of health care, a dramatic impact on the quality of health care. And then I'm encouraged by all of the other improvements, both marginal or gradual improvements and radical improvements, uh, like direct primary care, like value-based medicine, like accountable care organizations where the provider is taking on some of the risk. I think these are exciting innovations. And then you throw in the clinical innovations and things like data analytics, predictive analytics. I'm working with a company now out of Palo Alto, California, that's using artificial intelligence with predictive analytics. And, Brian, they're actually – it's like Minority Report. If you remember the old Tom Cruise movie, Minority Report, where they could predict crimes before they occurred so they could go and prevent them. They're predicting healthcare procedures and the cost of that procedure so that a CFO – can plan so that the benefit plan can intervene at times. It's really exciting. So you put all of this together, and it's like the, the entire ocean is, is cresting at one time, but it's a, it's a number of different initiatives, a number of different um, uh, channels that are pushing the water up, but the water is rising. I agree with everything that you're saying. I, I think also we're beginning to see vendors that will financially guarantee their results. They've developed a new paradigm for managing whatever niche they're in, and they'll say they have tinkered with 
their process and they've got so much comfort with it, so much fluency in it, they'll put their, fi- their fees at risk against the performance targets they claim they can achieve. And that's a new thing now. I talk to any number of benefits advisors who are beginning now to look for that and to ask for that in a way that they never they never had before. They very, never could very, before. To your to your point, they're, they're new. Yeah, these are these are all new. And just to extrapolate from your, you talking about the providers or the the vendors that are guaranteeing their results, a lot of the what we call next gen, next generation benefit advisors, next gen advisors are doing the same thing. They're putting part of their compensation at risk uh, to guarantee results. So uh, it might be my fee is $90,000. I will put 30 of that at risk at the end of the year if I haven't reduced your cost by 15% year over year on your benefit spend, on your healthcare spend, I'll refund that $30,000. It's not mine. It's yours this, if, I, if I don't do that. This is That's dramatic. Yeah, well, it's, it's dramatic, be- and I, I know that David Contorno is doing that. I know, I know several other very uh, progressive brokers are doing that. It must be horrifically threatening to the rank and file of benefits advisors out there when they hear that a competitor is willing to put their fees at risk on their performance because they've never had to do that before. It threatens to upend the system, which is long overdue. And I think well, you know, you're at the heart of that. So here's why it's so disruptive. Because, uh, and I was in a room full of brokers. This was like two years ago in Kansas City at a, at a national conference. And the speaker was a friend of mine, and she was talking about take, moving from commissions paid by the insurance company to fees that you charge your client. This itself is a big sea change that hasn't happened for most brokers, by the way. Uh, and she meant she was talking about this, and one broker said, well, I just don't understand how we would do that. And she said, well, in fact, and she pointed at me, she said, Nelson in the back has clients who are putting part of their fee at risk to guarantee results. And you could just see and hear the, the heads exploding in the room. <laughs> and one broker raises his hands and says, well, what, what, what in the world would you guarantee that the employees who are being terminated from the plan and added to the plan are, are put in the – program at the right time or that COBRA is being offered at the right time? And what are you guaranteeing? They have no concept that you can actually reduce the cost of health care and guarantee bottom line results for the employer, better health care for the employee. So it is a new day and it is going to take a lot of people. Well, most, I think most people in this industry will not stay in the industry. I don't think they're capable of moving from a, a transactional broker role to a consultative advisor role. But those who do are going to do extremely well because they're aligning their interest. And this, by the way, is a seminal point, I think, in, in, in everything going on in, in healthcare reform and benefits, aligning incentives. These advisors have their incentives aligned with their employer clients. In other words, they for both the first want to see the cost of health care yeah. go down for the first time right. ever. In fact, no one has ever sat on the same side of the table as the employer who's paying the bills. They've always sat on the other side, from the hospital, the insurance company, the insurance broker. Everybody benefits when health care costs go up except for the employer and the employees. Now these advisors and some of the vendors are moving their chairs around the table to sit on the same side as the CEO and CFO, and they are loving this. They are so refreshed by this that they ask, are you sure you can do this? 
You sure you can put your compensation at risk? Yeah, we can do this. So that's the proof in the pudding, it seems to me, uh, when you have vendors who can – oh, and let me, let me do a little commercial uh, for the validation institute. When that, when that vendor can walk in and say that their results aren't just guaranteed, they are validated by a reputable third-party organization. That's huge. Let me clarify that. What that really means is, is that if they're validated with third-party external independent review, it means that – the results that they're likely to get are going to align with what they were promised. And that's, that's a new thing in healthcare. That's, that's one of the reasons why so many of us are pretty excited about the accountability and the, and the due diligence that the Validation Institute represents on behalf of purchasers for the first time. In my conversation yesterday with David, we were talking about he was showing me some case studies of groups where he had taken a very small fee and was actually being paid a performance fee that increased along with the dollar amount of savings that the plan experienced. And I was curious, has anybody ever questioned your math or questioned the calculations that you used? Does anybody accuse you of putting your thumb on the scale in order to make sure that the savings look big so you get paid uh, or, or paid more. And he said, no one has ever questioned that. He said, but why do you ask? And I said, because I can see somebody doing it. What if you could get your cost savings validated to, to ensure that there was no funding? You know, the old figures lie, liars figure. Having, having those results validated just gives everybody peace of mind. And when your compensation is based on that, and the employer is paying out money based on those numbers, I think validated results from a health plan in terms of savings to the employer makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I, I should mention, I'm not a benefits advisor per se, but I'm a consultant to organizations with usually in tandem with brokers. And that's how I get paid is I get paid a percentage of the savings that, that I create so that if so that if they don't save money, I don't, I don't get paid. And nobody so far has questioned my math. Pretty open-ended. A couple other questions. I want to take a turn. You recently wrote an article about Amazon and, and their progress. We've all got our, our eye on Haven, as well as what some other organizations are doing. What's Walmart doing? What's Kroger doing? What's Costco doing? Those are new entrants. They have the potential to, to matter a lot in the market. What do you see going on? Well, I, I do think, and I did a keynote at our Ascend conference last January on this, there's a substantive difference, I believe, between what Amazon, now not Haven per se, but what Amazon is doing. Because Amazon, Bezos and Amazon are moving on independently of anything Haven does. I think Atul Gawande is operating on his own. Jeff Bezos certainly is operating on his own. What I see with Amazon is that they aren't trying to fix healthcare. They aren't trying to reform a system that is broken or isn't broken, but doesn't work very well. Regardless, it doesn't work very well for patients and employers and a lot of the providers, doctors in particular. They're not trying to fix that. They're trying to save money on the billions of dollars they spend every year on employee health care for their employees. But what's interesting is Amazon's model, and you can look at AWS, which is their uh, data storage business. Uh, AWS was born not out of a desire to do a better job on data storage. They got tired, Amazon got tired of spending 
hundreds of millions of dollars on very expensive data storage, when in fact everything they do is data storage. They said, we think we can do it cheaper. We think we can do it better and faster. Let's do that, and then we productize it, and we sell it. So what was a cost factor for them becomes a profit center for them. I think that's what's behind uh, the Amazon initiatives into healthcare. I think they're trying to solve their own healthcare cost problem. And once they figure that out and they crack the code, they will productize it and will the, 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 the market will be offered their solutions, which are pretty probably going to be pretty effective because they worked for Amazon. That's a big difference than, let's say, what Walmart is doing. Walmart's just trying to uh, provide better health care for lower cost for their own employees, which nothing wrong with that. But Amazon's ambitions are a lot greater. Uh, and I think that bodes differently for the market than what, say, Walmart or Boeing are doing. In fact, what Walmart is doing is an example. Interesting, the Walmart, the most late, the most recent initiative from Walmart, I think you, I'm sure you saw it too, was that Walmart is now incentivizing employees in select markets, it's a, I guess a beta test, to utilize the highest performing doctors in their market, which is great because they know the better doctors are going to get better outcomes for the employees, which means better health, which means less illness, less absenteeism, et cetera, et cetera. Our advisors, have been doing this for a couple of years now. They do this in almost every health plan. The employees are incentivized to go to high-quality providers, both doctors and surgery centers or hospitals, whatever is needed. So I'm interested to see Walmart doing this, but this is already in play in mid-marketing companies across the country because of our next-gen advisors. Well, you've got Walmart using in bold, which is led by their former medical director, Daniel Stein, to identify high performers within each specialty in, in the markets that they're interested in. So I don't think that anybody has had quite that pass. That is a new innovation for them. They're using Doctor On Demand, and they're using Grand Rounds, and, and they're doing some other things. I'm pretty sure that they're going to go after the, the larger market as well, but we'll, we'll see. In any case, these are new entrants into a market where retailers haven't been before and it's, it's very exciting. Tell us about the Ascend conference that you put on. The next one is in January, I think, in, uh, in Dallas. And tell us about that. The Validation Institute will partner with you on, on part of that conference. But tell us what, what will go on there. We are, we're really excited about this year's Ascend. It is the fifth annual. We have been in Nashville for the last four years. We have gone to Dallas, Texas for our fifth year iteration. Ascend is ground zero for innovation and disruption in the employee benefits industry, and much of that happens around healthcare. One of the uh, one of the mantras that I've been uh, impressing on on my clients is you're you're not in the insurance business anymore. You're in the healthcare business, and so a lot of the innovative vendors who come to ascend to exhibit and meet the advisors who come. And the, the conference is for benefit advisors, independent benefit advisors uh, who want to change their model and want to change their game and want to bring more value to their clients. So the vendors who come are extremely innovative, and many of them are in arguably in healthcare, not in insurance or benefits. So it is a breeding ground for innovation. Uh, we actually vet our sponsors. You cannot simply say, I'd like to buy a booth or I want to be one of your sponsors. You have to be vetted for innovation. 
and for value. And if you meet the requirements, then you're allowed to be a part of the send. And this is to guarantee to our advisors who attend that they're not going to see the same old, same old. They know Cigna sells health insurance. They don't need Cigna with a big booth, and I don't need to take Cigna's money to exhibit because it's a waste of everybody's time and money. And so we're, we, look at, we look at innovation. We, we teach new strategies that these advisors are uh, able to take back to their markets to disrupt by generally disintermediating the insurance company and helping the employer uh, take control of their health plan with alternative funding strategies and then start to put into place these innovative cost containment vendors that are, again, saving 20 to 40% on their year-over-year healthcare costs. So Ascend no, is no. a launching pad for a lot of advisors. We're running out of time. We're right at the end. Give us a closing statement on what you want everybody to remember. I think that this has been a particularly interesting and satisfying conversation. We'll have you on again. Well, thanks. Thanks, Brian. It's been fun. Uh, I think the key thing to remember is there is a solution to health care, and it doesn't, it's not going to come from Washington or the government. The solutions are out there. We just need to scale them up, and uh, we need CEOs and CFOs to have an open mind. I agree wholeheartedly. Nelson Griswold, thank you so much. We'll talk again. Back to you, Greg. And thank you, Brian. That will be the last word for today's broadcast. I want to thank Nelson Griswold, president of Bottom Line Solutions, a Nashville-based next-gen benefits consulting and advisory firm. You can follow Nelson's work on the web via www.insurancebottomline.com and on Twitter via at Nelson Griswold. Do mark your calendars for Ascend's Agency Growth and Leadership Summit, January 9th through the 12th, 2020 in Dallas, Texas, where top benefits industry leaders will convene to discover innovative strategies and industry solutions to grow their business. Details on Ascend can be found at www.attendascend.com. Finally, For more cutting-edge insights into the emerging value-based health benefits advisory space, be sure to subscribe to the Valid Points newsletter and this Valid Points podcast for an informative series featuring top industry talent. Go to www.validationinstitute.com forward slash Valid Points podcast and follow Validation Institute's work on Twitter by at valid underscore institute. For Brian Klepper, Nelson Griswold, and this Valid Points podcast, this is Greg Masters saying, bye now. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.